Summer's itching closer. European leagues are coming to a close, and MLS is uh, already in midseason form with tons of physical play from this past weekend. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. As always, with me is Ivis Galarseb. How's it going, man? Hey, Garrett. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. It's sad to see the European leagues coming to a close, though. Well, you know, it's that time of year. Every year, the uh, the, the the seasons, European seasons, wrap up around this time, and uh, it, it is it is a little. Kind of, I don't know if "sad" is the right word, but it, you know, you kind of expect it. But at the same time, you know what that means. It means that the summer is right around the corner. Transfer season, and and more importantly, the the U.S. national team mm-hmm. is going to have really big matches to play. That's right. It's uh, it's amazing how it's just going to kick off just like that for the U.S. men's national team. But uh, on today's show. We have no guests today. Ivis and I are it's just going to be Ivis and I for the whole show. We're going to talk about the MLS weekend. And uh, before we talk about MLS, let's get into the Americans abroad. As you said, um, U.S. team is going to be very busy. But before we get there, guys ended their European uh, seasons. Clint Dempsey and Tottenham are not going to the Champions League. They won, but Arsenal won too. So Tottenham is out. Uh, pretty... Uh, tough development for Clint Dempsey who kept you know we, we talked about how he wanted to be in Champions League so bad right it's uh it's disappointing obviously for Dempsey uh you know that was that was the goal when he signed for Tottenham was to to hopefully hopefully help them get to the Champions League and then they they got right there to the doorstep but you know you have to give credit to Arsenal they find a way to do it every year even though they lose you know they've lost some of the you know their best players through the last couple of years now when you talk about Fabregas and Nasri and, and, and now this past year, Robin Van Persie. And then for them to keep coming back, uh, you really have to give Arsene Wenger credit uh, to get his team right right back there, right in that picture. And then you wonder, is this going to be the summer that Arsenal finally spends some real money and, and really tries to go for a title? Uh, but as far as Dempsey goes, it, it's obviously disappointing. I mean, I, th- I thought he had a good year uh, making that move. and. Mm-hmm. You know, any, anyone who thought you know he he could go from Fulham to Tottenham and put up the same kind of numbers uh, just wasn't being realistic. You know, when you when you move up uh, to that higher level of team uh, with that much more talent, you know, you, you're not you're, you, he was not going to be the top dog. Obviously, Gareth Bale was the top guy there, and there, there's so many other talented players. Defoe out of Bayor, uh, you know, so he he was going to have to share the wealth, and and I thought he fit in pretty well. I thought he finished the season really strongly. And, uh, you know, if you're a U.S. fan, you have to feel pretty good about his chances of having a good summer. As I'm watching the uh, the Newcastle game, all I kept thinking was Newcastle is good for one more ridiculous goal. They, they always seemed like Cissé. I kept thinking, like, he'll get one ridiculous goal. He's good for one more. It was unfortunate that they uh, that Tottenham couldn't go through right there. Well, I'm sure Arsenal fans were worried about the same thing. Oh, I know. You know they, they, they've had enough heartbreak and... In bad moments, but you know they, it held up, and uh, you know hopefully for for Dempsey's sake, the you know Tottenham can you know reload and 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 have an, another run at it next year. It's going to be interesting to see if uh, if Bale stays put or if he makes a move. Uh, you know, I know there's there's been rumors for year uh, for for months now about Gareth Bale. You know, whether it's Real Madrid talk or you know any, any of the other big clubs about him making a move. But uh, if Tottenham can keep him. Uh, you know, and and maybe make a few ch- a few changes in the off season, uh, bolster the midfield a bit. Uh, they could they could be right back in that picture. So uh, you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun summer on the transfer market, that's for sure. For the other Americans in England, nothing much really changed for them. Jeff Cameron did pick up an assist. Uh, he assisted Peter Crouch on the goal in that game. Uh, Tim Howard had a not not the best season close, but for the rest of the Americans, nothing else really changed. They they weren't in any 
threat of uh, relegation or, or qualifying for any European competitions. Uh, over in Germany, uh, qualifying for European competitions, Jermaine Jones and Schalke defeated Freiburg 2-1. to one. That uh, finished fourth in the Bundesliga, so they're in the qualifier uh, next year. Back-to-back years for them. Uh, you know, Once again, good for Jermaine Jones to, to get that playing time and that exposure on that level. Right. I mean, it's nothing new for him. Obviously, he's he's been playing at that level for quite some time. But, you know, for U.S. fans who have now seen him be a major part of the U.S. national team setup for a while now, it's kind of good. It's kind of good to, you know, follow his path now, whereas in years past, maybe uh, people weren't as up on Jones and, and, and what he was doing with his team. And, and this is a great year for him on the club side. I mean, I thought he had some some really good games in the Champions League, um, you know, where he got to show his quality. Uh, and, you know, it's, it, it's funny. I, I wonder how many people have, have already forgotten about his his kind of brief foray in the Premier League and and how somewhat disappointing that was. But you know, ever since he's been back with Schalke, he's been outstanding and and is a real important part of that team. And 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 you know, Klinsman obviously has said it before. You know, he he brings a bite and an edge to the U.S. team, and he's going to be real important uh, for the U.S. Uh, coming up here. You know, folks remember him from the snow game, and not just because of the half row, the snow fro. As we all remember, he is, uh, you know, him him partnered with Michael Bradley. I know some people think, oh, that's a little too defensive. But, you know, I think at, I think enough people now have come to accept the fact that the U.S. is a better team when you have those two in the middle to kind of do a lot of the a lot of the dirty work and, and really put pressure on opponents. So, you know, I think Jones has finished well. Uh, obviously, you know, he, you know, have a good weekend that he had um, to get them to, to the Champions League place that they got. He's going to be key this summer for the U.S. Uh, staying in Germany, Trungolo signed a one-year contract with Hanover, so he'll be there, obviously, for one more season. And, uh, Ivis, I wanted to get your thoughts, because I, I know some people were talking about why wasn't he included on that U.S. men's national team roster. Can, can you give us, can you enlighten us on why? Well, you know, it's, it, I know a lot of people were confused about uh, the fact that, and, and my, you know, myself included, you know, when, when they announced the roster, um, there, there was talk about his, you know, that he's injured, that he hasn't fully recovered from, you know, the injury, the, the injury that had sidelined him for a while. But, uh, but then here he goes, he turns around and he plays ninety minutes in the in the last game of the season, uh, you know, for Hanover, and he gets an assist, uh, finishes 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 off an important year for uh, for the U.S. I mean, I'm sorry for for Hanover and for himself, uh, setting that record for appearances for for the club. But you know, you 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 heard Klinsman, and you're kind of like, what, what's going on here? You know, he he doesn't he didn't look hurt on uh, on Saturday. You know, he had the 90 minutes and the assist. He's a player though that that given, let's say, he's in form, could be on the World Cup roster. Do you think? You know, he he's you know, it, it's tough to say. Right, if the World Cup was now, then you'd put him on it, obviously. But uh, when you get to the the the, the age, you know. The older the older a player gets, the 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 more susceptible they are to just mm-hmm. have a real drop off in form. And you know, right now, you kind of like his chances, but you know, a lot of things can change in a year. You know, can, does he maintain? I know he signed a new deal to to you know have another year at Hanover, but you know, what's his role going to be uh, at Hanover now? So you know, if he uh, if he doesn't you know have that same role with Hanover and maybe takes a reduced role and isn't the same player anymore, maybe his game starts to diminish. Uh, so if you're in Klinsman, you have to think about that and you have to think about, 
kind of weighing the, the 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 what's important now with what's important a year from now. So I say he could be on the U.S. team in the World Cup, but it's I it's you can't call it a lock just because uh, you know when you're talking about a player uh, mid thirties, um, the the World Cup's not really a place. Uh, for a lot of players that age, at least field players. I mean, obviously goalkeepers, you're going to get your your share of older goalkeepers. But when you're talking about defenders, you know, you you need you need the fresh legs, you need the young blood, uh, the athleticism, the quickness. Um, not to say Trenel still isn't a solid player, because for me, if he's healthy, he's starting this June in the in the World Cup qualifiers. I'm starting him at right back, just based on what we've seen from him. But uh, but again, as things can happen, things can change so quickly. As we've seen now with Carlos Bocanegra, you know, he, he's kind of, you know, fallen out of the picture. He's no longer kind of that, you know, he's gone from lock starter slash captain to, you know, not no longer in the top four on the depth chart at center back and therefore not getting called in anymore. So that's how quickly, that's how quickly things can change. And, uh, you know, it, it's just part of the deal. It's just the cycle and how it goes. And, and that's how, the, how it goes for older players. Over in Belgium, Sasha Kleschen and uh, Anderlecht won the uh, Belgium Pro League, the club's 32nd time in history. They qualify for the Champions League again. And uh, for Sasha, he just he had, he had just has a great, great team. He, he, things are just great for him in Belgium. Yeah, you know, you have to give, give him credit uh, and give Anderlecht credit because they, they were, you know, they were kind of on that, that point at that point where you, you know, you didn't know if they, they lock up that title and, and they did. And I'd say, well, I want to see what he's going to do this summer. You know, what kind of role is he going to play? Is Jurgen going to, is Jurgen Klinsmann going to have for him, if any? Uh, you know, obviously he, and when you think about qualifiers and him getting a chance to play and that Mexico game, I thought he would have a role to play in that and he didn't. Um, and now you have someone like a Joe Corona who's clearly moving up in the eyes of Klinsman. So it, I, I want to see what happens this summer, what kind of chance he gets. You know, is he going to get some minutes in the in the friendlies? Obviously, you know, the Belgium friendly is going to be an interesting one for him, you know, having a chance to go up against current teammates at Anderlecht. Um, but, you know, he's he's one to watch, I think, this summer because I think he can do well. I think he, you know, I think he can bring some attacking quality to the to the midfield. Um but again, it's tough when you talk about that pairing of Bradley and Jones uh, in the middle. They're going to be the starters. I mean, I can't find, I can't imagine a healthy Jones isn't on that field, just like Bradley's going to be on the field. So for Kleshton, you're in a tough spot because you can't, you know, they, I don't think he's seen necessarily as a as a pure wing option, or as you know, or being able to beat out the other guys who who Klinsman considers wing options. So. He's in a little bit of a tough situation, so hopefully for his sake, you know, he gets a chance in these friendlies to show that, you know, he's good enough. And, uh, you know, if anything for him, I mean, a positive, I mean, he's beaten out, obviously, some other guys who could be in this in this setup. I mean, someone like Jose Torres, who, you know, I haven't heard any specifics about any injuries or anything like that, but obviously he's not a part. He wasn't called in for this camp. So, you know, from that standpoint, you know, Kleshton's spot is pretty secure right now on the depth chart. Let's uh, let's bring everything back now to MLS. The game of uh, there were two games over the weekend, but the game that maybe had the the two biggest payrolls: New York Red Bulls versus LA Galaxy. Tim Cahill does it again for the third time in five matches. Comes up big late for the Red Bulls, and Robles has a good performance. The defense has a good performance, and uh, a big win right there for New York. Yeah, they're on a roll, man. There, you can't. Uh, it, it's interesting because you know they, they they're that they're known as that team you know that spends money and 
has all these name players but doesn't quite get it done. But I'd say, man, they're on a roll right now. They're 5-0-1 in their last six, and, you know, they're really grinding out some wins. And, and, and Tim Cahill, you know, it's just, it's just funny how, you know, a month ago – he he was pretty. He was getting slammed quite a bit for for not for for many people thinking he wasn't good enough. Uh, you know he wasn't earning his keep. And obviously, I you know anyone who listens to the show regularly knows that I've been saying for a while now that you know that I just that that's just not a realistic way to look at things. To look at him and think he's not a legitimate designated player. He absolutely is. And it isn't just about the goals. I mean, he puts in so much work for that team. And this this Sunday's game against LA, perfect example. And uh, you know, I know Hamas and Olave was unbelievable on Sunday, and you could argue he was man of the match. But when I asked him about Tim Cahill, I mean, he had one word, and he called him a warrior. He called him a warrior over and over, and just the, he he sets a tone on the field that lifts the lifts his teammates um, just with with the work he puts in the bite he 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 brings to the table and in the, in the toughs you know he he he's the kind of guy that you know he he inspires teammates to want to play harder and and you can't put a you can't put a stat on that you can't put a dollar sign on that i mean you can i guess based on the millions that he makes but it's hard to quantify that and i know for the math geeks and the the statisticians and all these guys that love to you know try to analyze this game and you know it's it's you can't just look at it and say goals and assists okay he's not worth the money he's showing that he's worth the money so and this, i tell you what this new york team is legit um they're playing well very well no 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 doubt about it i mean guys they brought they're over. playing well and you got to give my picky credit you know they he, early on they had, they had their issues and you wondered you know are, are they buying into it are they listening to him is he you know, is he equipped to handle that job? And, and you look at this run they've been put on, and, and he you got to give him credit. You got to say, listen, say what you want about whether he was qualified or not, but based on what he's doing with the way what the team's doing, he is getting he is absolutely getting the job done. Well, he's getting good performances by guys like Eric Alexander, who's played well this year. Johnny Steele's and other guys played well. I mean, Roy Miller, we talked about his emergence. Well, I wouldn't weeks. necessarily leave those guys if I were you. When you're talking about that team, I'm sorry. Well, I know there's other guys. I know there's other guys, but the last good. guys you want to name, no, sorry, Eric, Eric Alexander is a placeholder on that team. But you want to talk about guys like Marcus Holgerson, Hamas Olave, Tim Cahill, Dax McCarty when he's healthy. Um, you know, obviously, Henri is Henri. Roy Miller, who's been outstanding since he's come back, since he got the second chance. I mean, th- there's a lot of guys. I was going with. St- I was going with the guys. I mean, we. I mean, Dax McCarty is the guy that we were expecting to do well. I'm saying they're getting good supporting out, out of guys like who are, who are providing good supporting roles for them that are playing maybe a little above their head. That's that's what I'm saying. I, and I would I would say no. Eric Alexander is not a guy I would even think to mention on that team. They, maybe there's been a game here or there, but no, he's been he's he's absolutely. If you took the guys who who watched his team regularly and asked them to put a list of guys who were doing well, and, I, and I'm not, you know, I feel bad knocking the guy because hey, the team's doing great. You shouldn't knock anybody, but no, he's not the guy. There's other guys. Marcus Holgerson. I'll tell you what, he's a perfect example. Uh, you know, I talked to him today after the game, and here's a guy who, beginning of last year, was. Awful, absolutely atrocious, and you kind of wondered, you know, is this guy going to even be in the league? Beginning of this year, he was out of the mix. You know, he wasn't necessarily going to be a starter at the very beginning when you're talking about preseason. But he fought his way through it, earned a starting spot, and he's playing well. He's 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 really, you know, I give it to him. I, I wasn't sold early on. Thought he had some, you know, shaky moments, but he's really settled down and 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 benefited from the fact that their midfield is organized now. 
And then, you know, yeah, maybe Alexander is putting in some work, you know, and, and all those guys are putting in good, honest, defensive work that doesn't doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but it helps the defense uh, play play at a much higher level than I can remember the Red Bulls defense playing in years. You'll learn with me, Ivis. I'm, I'm an advocate for those like fringe level players. I don't know why I am, but just, I'm always like that. <laughs> I've, I've always been well, like that my whole life. I don't know why. Um, for the LA Galaxy, though, um, Juninho gets pulled out of the game early because of an injury, and we've seen this now a couple times with the Galaxy. Without him in the midfield, the Galaxy just don't seem to play that well, and it's almost becoming a, a cause of concern for the team. Right. Well, I mean, they start to be fair to the Galaxy, and you can call it excuses, you can call it what you want. They played a game on Wednesday, so they're they're coming in. They got some tired legs. They've been on a road trip now. This was the third game in in, in eight day road swing, with, which started last week in Vancouver. Actually, I think it's three games in nine days. Um, but yeah, you know, you go from Vancouver. Then you go to Philly, you win in Philly, and then you get to New York, and then you don't have Mike McGee, who, you know, he couldn't play, he was injured. And then you lose Janino. And he absolutely is someone who sets the tone in the middle with his energy. And, you know, much like, you know, we talk about Tim Cahill, and, and he's someone who sets the tone with, and, and kind of sets the bar for his teammates from an from a energy standpoint and from a, you know, work rate standpoint. Tim uh, Janino is that kind of player as well. He, he definitely... You know, once you lose him, um, you just there's a drop off there uh, to who replaces him. So, uh, you know, they they felt that a little bit, and even without even without him, and even without Mike McGee, they still played some soccer. And I know, you know, some, some people might have seen that as an ugly game, and you know, it was in the rain. But I tell you what, being there, it was it it, 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 it was funny because it was raining, right? So we couldn't have our laptops outside because mm-hmm. where we sit. Uh, even though it's supposed to be covered by covered by the canopy the, the on the roof, like we're not supposed to get wet. Well, luckily for the other guys, because there were some some funny looking uh, rain attire being worn in the press row, not by me, but by the other guys. Um, but but anyway, back to the point. I didn't have my laptop, and so you just sit there and watch the game because you know you, you normally we're like on Skype and uh, not Skype, but on uh, Twitter and and all that. Um, but just watching the game, it was it was a real it is real physical battle. And it was a it was real intense battle, and uh, you know when you think about LA and New York, some people might think, oh, it's a, a it would be a finesse game. You got the big names, flashy back and forth, but no, it was absolutely a physical battle, and, and the Red Bulls really took it to them, and, and they they really wanted to test them in that way, and G- LA didn't quite respond, and I think a lot a big part of that was because Juninho wasn't there, and it, it, and I will say we're talking about Juninho's. The Red Bulls, Juninho, um, you know, for all the flack he's taken and, and how he's really kind of been disappointing early in the year, he's starting to step it up now. He's a, he's put a few games together. He is slowly starting to look like that guy that the Red Bulls, you know, thought they were getting when they signed him. Uh, and what turned out to be the best game of the weekend? Some people are talking about how it's the best game of the year so far with Seattle's four to two defeat over uh, FC Dallas. Really exciting game. Seattle went up two goals. Dallas came back. Then Seattle scored two more goals in that game. And there were just tons of opportunities. A red card. Blas Perez got a red card in that game. That, that game had everything. It, it was a uh, very exciting game from start to end, Ivis. Well, tell you, man, we, uh, you know, I, I kind of, you saw it, you saw it coming, you know. I mean, I, I, we talked about it in the last show that, you know, when you look at the record, you think, oh, you know, Dallas is a clear cut favorite. But no, man, Seattle is on fire, and they, you know, they are. You can argue, I think, right now, three teams. So you have the Timbers, the Red Bulls, 
and the Sounders, who are, who are really kind of hitting a good stride. And I think the Sounders uh, are, you know, might be pushing the Red Bulls for hottest team in the league right now. They really are starting to flex their muscles. And Eddie Johnson, man, I, I, I you know what? I, listen, I it's funny. I listened to the show. I listened to Friday's show earlier today. Eddie Johnson, I tell you, man, he was gonna, you know, this was gonna be a game for him. Uh, you know, he knows what's gonna happen he, when national team camp comes. There's gonna be a real good fight there for playing time. And I think he's really starting to kind of step his game up. He's healthy now. He battled through some injuries. But once you get a healthy and motivated Eddie Johnson going, that Seattle attack becomes really tough to stop. And, uh, you know, they, they, I don't know who's going to stop them. Even when, you know, Johnson goes away, uh, you know, once he comes back, they're, they're going to be right there and they're going to be pushing for for first place in the West. Well, they had a ton of other opportunities in this game. I mean, Brad Evans had a couple chances to score. Lamar Nagel had a missed opportunity. He did score in this game. Um, but for the FC Dallas, though, you have to be impressed, though, with, with their fight in this game. I mean, they showed a little bit of life uh, near the end of the first half right there, kind of started sniffing around the goal. But in the second half, uh, I mean, Kenny Cooper uh, played, uh, got a goal, uh, equalized, and then uh, Michel had Olympico, which was just unbelievable. Uh, and Dallas, you have to, to be happy with, with uh, their, their ability to fight back in this game. Well, they, you know, they coming into the game, obviously, they, uh, they were missing players. You know, they, they, when you talk about George John not being there and, uh, you know, obviously, David Ferreira not, not starting. Uh, that, so right there, they're, they're, behind the, they're behind the eight ball um, going up against a strong team. But they showed some flashes. They showed, I mean, they, they you know, you don't get as many, you don't rack up as many points as they did and be a bad team. I mean, I think they've, they have learned a lot of things about themselves. They've, they've had some players step up. Obviously, Michelle has been one of the best newcomers in the league. Um, you know, set piece specialist, you know, versatile player, can play in the back, and now he's really settled in in the midfield for them. Uh, I mean, think about it. I mean, they, they, I mean, no, Andrew Jacobson not in the starting lineup. David Ferreira hurt. George John hurt. Um, so, you know, they, they, it's going to happen. And that's the thing that, I, you know, when they were on their run, I was saying it. I said they got a lot of things going their way. Uh, but now, you know, it, 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 everything balances out. Everyone has to deal with the injuries eventually. And, and everyone has to eventually play the strong teams. Now Dallas is, 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 is going is to get that now. So now is going to be the real test for them. You know they they banked a lot of points and, and they're gonna and you got to give them credit for banking those points but it's a long season and this stretch of games for them is really gonna tell us what what the deal is with Dallas and and you know what I know some people say hey but you know it's not fair they they got these injuries but you know what everyone has to go through that stuff whether it's injuries whether it's call ups and they benefit they were on the other side of that for what seemed like so many different games in during their hot streak when you think about it when they beat Houston Houston was coming off the Champions League. When they beat RSL, RSL was missing players because of international duty. When they beat the Galaxy, the Galaxy were coming off the Champions League and resting guys. So it balances out. Now they're on that. Now they're on the other side of that. And now we're going to see just what they have as far as depth and, and, and quality from top to bottom. Going forward, uh, if you look at Dallas' schedule, like you said, they play a lot of teams that right now would qualify for the playoffs. So you're right. Their schedule is going to get very tough. Vancouver, Portland. Uh, that was another very exciting game. Jose Valencia, un- unbelievable goal at the end for Portland to secure the uh, the equalizer and the two two draw against uh, Vancouver. And uh, for Portland, that's now ten unbeaten games. Impressive for for Portland, Ivis. No, you, you have to give him credit. I mean, when they got when when 
when Footy Danzo was sent off with the red card, which you know for me, I just I just didn't think that was a red card. But one you know when they go down a man and they're already down a goal, you kind of figure, okay, this is it. This is going to be a little too much to ask for Portland on the road down a goal, down a man to pull a point out of that. And they did it. And they came. It, it, it was. I mean, you're just like you know what? This is this is this is a good team. This is a team that has has you know isn't. Fraz isn't shaken easily. They're not frazzled or, 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 or you know, they they they're they're mentally strong. I mean, you don't come back that many times, as they have already have in a few months now, March, April, May, three months into the season, two and a half months. Uh, you don't come back. Keep you don't keep coming back the way they've come back if you're not developing something pretty good uh, from a men- mental strength standpoint. So you got to give Caleb Porter a lot of credit. Um, Vancouver. You know, yeah, they're going to be disappointed they didn't get three points in this game. But, I mean, they're showing some good signs now. You know, I know, I know the, the win against L.A. Was, was kind of that statement victory to say, hey, you know, mm-hmm. we're not as bad as this stretch might have suggested, uh, the winless stretch that they had. And now they've put another game together, and now you're kind of looking at them and saying, you know what, they, 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 this team is, is someone to, to take seriously when you're talking about the playoffs in, in the West and being a real contender. Uh, you know, when you talk about Nigel Real Coker's, Really established himself as a leader on that team. Uh, Gershon Coffey is, for me, you know, he's one of the best young players in the league and, and doesn't get nearly the attention that some of the other young talent in the league gets. Um, but he is legit. He is someone who, you know, maybe a couple of years from now, we're looking at him and he's playing in a, in a, in a really good league in Europe. I mean, he has that kind of quality. Um, so Vancouver, they, they're kind of coming around. You know, defensively, they're still, obviously, they miss Jaden Merritt. I mean, you know, they, you know, Brad Rusin is, is is learning. You know, he yeah. obviously didn't have the greatest games uh, against Portland, but he's he's coming around. Uh, you know, he he hasn't been terrible, but you know, you lose a lot when you lose a veteran like Jaden Merritt, not only from a leadership standpoint, but just from a pure quality standpoint. And 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 I think that's going to be what I don't want to say holds them back, keeps out of the playoffs, but it's going to make it that much tougher for them. But they do still have quality. Ivis, in another game close to close to your hood, the Philadelphia Union defeated the Chicago Fire. Jack McInerney uh, scored a goal, I believe, in the first three minutes of the game. Then after that, uh, Philadelphia cruised to a to a victory there over a Chicago Fire. Yeah, you know the Union did it again. It was like a Groundhog's Day for them. <laughs> uh, just eight days after beating the Fire one zero, having McInerney score the winner and posting a shutout in a game where they the other team had more shots. The same exact thing happens against the same exact opponent, and you got to give the union credit. You know they they were embarrassed on Wednesday, even though it was an even game for the first seventy one minutes, and even though the Galaxy really poured it on in like a sixteen minute stretch, it still hurts when you walk off the field and it's four one on the scoreboard, and and you have to give them credit to, to rebound the way they did, to play Chicago with some tired legs, and then to put that put the performance that they did. Uh, a better performance than they, you know, even though it's the same score, I thought a better performance against the Fire than they had in Chicago. Um, so you, you got to give him credit. You got to give John Hackworth some credit. Mm-hmm. You know, he's really, you know, if you if you can't, can't coming into the year, if, if I, you know, you would have told me that they would have had this record, uh, this many points at this point in the season. I don't think many people outside of Philly would have would have seen that as realistic. But give him credit. They're putting the points on the board. Jack McInerney is really coming into his own. And in uh, that defense, you know, I mean, I know I know the defense was ripped apart on Wednesday, but uh, 
you know, they, they've, they've, they've put together quite a few pretty good performances. It, it's amazing for McInerney just how he's been able to perform. And, and you look back, at, it all came from last year when Hackworth put him into the lineup. And now he's benefiting with the, you know, with the play of Connor Casey, Sebastian Latou. He's just, it's, it's, it's fun watching him develop. I mean, all his goals have been inside the box this year. It's just, he, talk about just a great poise in front of the net. It's, it's, it's been fun to watch him this year. Yeah, I mean, you can you see the confidence that he plays with, um, and it's a confidence. It's not new. I mean, he he, he had that last year, um, and it just seems to build. You know, it just seems to you know with each game that he gets under his belt, each goal that he scores, he just it, he just looks that much more confident. He just looks like he knows what he can do, and he and he just goes and does it. So uh, you know that he's been great. Uh, and obviously, I tell you what, Cleverson, uh, the Brazilian. You know, he he got his first start on Wednesday, and you know he, it was started off promisingly, but then obviously he I thought he I thought he tired badly on Wednesday, uh, the last twenty minutes, and, and and which played its part in their meltdown. But you know he came right back out and started again. I, I wouldn't have pegged that. You know I wouldn't have pegged him to start on Saturday after the way he faded on Wednesday, but he did. And uh, you know you give John Ackwood some credit for pushing him and and pushing up the you know, and finally listening to. What seems like a lot of clamoring uh, in Philly for Cleverson to get in the lineup, and here he is. He gets in the lineup against the Fire again, two straight starts, and he played well. You know, he he didn't go the full ninety this time, which was smart. Obviously, he played you know about seventy, seventy-one minutes, but he was good. He was very smooth. He's a smooth player, and uh, you know, you you, you kind of like what you see there. He's someone who can pass the ball well, has good vision, and I think is only gonna having him in the lineups only gonna help a player like McInerney. Well, for the Chicago Fire, they are now on a three-game losing streak, and they get rewarded with a trip to Rio Tinto this weekend for a game against Real Salt Lake. Uh, in a very surprising game, New England defeated Houston Dynamo 2-0. to It's funny with the Houston Dynamo. I think, I think I read somewhere that it was like 650 days was how long their unbeaten streak was for, and now it's, boom, just like that, two back-to-back games of, of losing at home. And uh, what's up with the Dynamo, Ivis? I don't know, man. They they can't win at home. I don't know the point. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's, 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 that's what it's be. That's what it's become now. <laughs> it's become, yeah, it became nobody wins there. To they can't beat anybody. No, you know what? Listen, it, it happens. You know, they, you know, you have your ruts, you have your your, your slumps, and uh, you know they they they're in a bit of a slump now. Um, they, they, I'm not ready to write them off. I still think they're going to be one of the top yeah. teams in the in, in in the East. But I tell you what, though. Uh, losing Jermaine Taylor hurt them mm-hmm. uh, early in that game. You know, you lose into you lose into a shoulder injury, uh, and he's so big for their defense. Um, so to have him come out of that match was was definitely definitely a blow for them. Um, you know, and he played what ten minutes. So once once he's out, it's it, it's it's a big loss. But and then you know once you have Bobby Boswell, uh, you know, get sent off for the just inexplicable headbutt. I mean, come on, guy. You know, you're a veteran. You've been, you know, you've been around the block. You can't do that. You can't, you can't lose your emotions like that. And all of a sudden, now you have a Houston team that has a two-match losing streak and has to go into their next game without both of their starting center backs. And you're talking about most likely having a center back pairing of Ricardo Clark and Adam Moffitt. And uh, Ricardo is, Clark got tagged for that own goal too. So, not <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think. I mean. It's not. It's not as if Ricardo Clark can't play center back. I mean, he played it actually pretty well for Eintracht Frankfurt for a few games a couple of years back when he was in England. I mean, in, in in Germany, 
But uh, but you know, Jermaine Taylor. I think I think we're gonna see if if you know he has to miss some games. I think we're gonna finally see maybe people realize just how important he is to that team. I mean, last year he was outstanding for them, and he, I don't think he got much attention, much credit at all. Um, and maybe because you know, maybe because he's not American. You know, he's a Jamaican international. So people don't maybe pay much attention to him, but you know his absence will definitely be felt by them. And for New England, uh, they've played well lately. I mean, other than that loss to Real Salt Lake, where Real Salt Lake scored those two goals after the 80th minute, New England's looked well. And, and one player who's emerged for them as of late has been the play of the the very young uh, Diego Fagundes. I, I think we talked about he's 18 years old and scored a great goal against the Houston Dynamo and and New England. Ivis, they've been playing well over the last five games. They're they're coming around. They're coming around. They have some talent there. Uh, you know, you you want to see how how uh, Juan Agudelo fits in there, but uh, you know they they've got a pretty se- decent defense when they're healthy. Their midfield can create some things. Uh, you know, when you talk about the the different talented players they have between you know Fagundes, uh, Lee Wynn, Juan Toha, uh, Kellen Rowe, who who you know didn't didn't play in this game. The, uh, he was out for this game, but. Uh, you know they, they've had their issues. Uh, Jerry Bankston's been kind of a bit of a disappointment for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he didn't play in this game, um, but uh, but you know they, they they got some talent there. They, I don't know if they're a complete team at. Maybe they need to go get a player. Um, but they're right there. You know they're starting to come around, and maybe they're also a team you could look at and say, you know what, may, maybe they're doing better than most would have thought. Most teams would have thought. Um, I'm not ready to say they're a playoff team. But they're, you know, they're 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 coming around. They're starting to play a little better, I think, than most than most people would have thought they would. Ivis uh, in other MLS action. Uh, I told you this was going to happen. Columbus Crew defeated Toronto one to zero. They scored a goal. Well, listen, it wasn't a big reach. <laughs> you know, I was the one going on in a little bit and uh, saying that. Uh, you know, I thought Toronto would do it. I thought they'd f- wake up. They're they're just a mess. They're just a mess, and uh, you know it, it, it's it. I don't want to say people in Toronto should panic, but yeah, mm-hmm. they, they're, it's not good. Things are not going well there. Um, and then uh, Colorado San Jose one one tie right there. Uh, San Jose once again scores a goal late on a on a beautiful free kick. Uh, it was San Jose just does it again. You think people would figure it out by now? Yeah, that you got to watch out for them. Although this time it was a little different, you know, you know, Marvin Chavez beautiful free kick as opposed to, you know, scramble in the box, header off a corner, you know, which is usually their MO or Adam John uh finding a net with a shot. But uh you know what, San Jose, man, they're gonna be there. They're gonna be there. They're starting to, you know, warm up, I think. Uh and then we all Salt Lake thrashed Chivas USA. Uh, Robbie Finley showed up and scored a goal. Uh, good for him. Uh, but Chivas USA, it's turning into a mess for them right now, Ivis. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's not looking good. Well, I'll tell you what. When Dan Kennedy is taking free kicks for you, <laughs> you kind of gonna, you kind of got to go, what? Like, what is going on here? You know, it's almost like they're just, you know, school's out there. You know, everybody knows what's going on. Like, everybody has a sense that things are just going really bad there. You don't know how long Chelis is going to stick around. You don't know if someone's going to finally pull a trigger on buying them and what that'll mean. So, I, you know what, they, they are they are a mess, but Salt Lake's starting to come around. You know, they, they, they've, they you know, as of right now, they're in second place in the in the West, and, mm-hmm. and which considering the injuries that they've had, you know, they, they're doing pretty well. And I know a lot of people uh, kind of wrote them off and, and, and thought that they would have a real fall, a drop-off. 
um, because of the moves that they made. You know, when you talk about losing Will Johnson, Hamison Olave, Fabian Espindola, you know, I think some people thought they would slip in the West and they'd kind of fall back. But they no, you know, they they still have talent, and and they you know they had new guys come you know step up and. Robbie Finley come back, so they're they're going to be there. They're going to be. They're still going to be, for my money, uh, one of those teams that that really does does some things. Uh, and Ivis, uh, DC United picked up their first points since March 16th against Sporting Kansas City. A terrible call was called offside against Sporting Kansas City, which really changed the game for them. And um, it's just, man, once again, another bad call. It's just, you hope that it's going to end eventually. <laughs> you know, I tell you what, man. I know there's people out there that say that the referees have tough jobs, the official. You know what? They do. I, I'm not saying they don't. I'm not saying I, it, it's not an easy job. But this is, I mean, come on. The, the, this is just ridiculous now. I mean, we're talking about some really important plays, really important calls, just being blown. You know, and and I know the official, uh, the assistant referee uh, in question, the one who blew this call, the offside call. Uh, even though after the match, he comes forward and says, "Yeah, you know, I missed it. I missed the well, call." Yeah, but that's, and, and, but that's, that's all fine and dandy. Yeah, right. But you know what? Uh, let's look at the game itself. I mean, when you talk about Icaparo, man, I mean, I think he's done really well. He, he's definitely taken advantage of of the opportunity that's come his way. Um, you know, when they signed him, you know. There was the questions about, you know, would he find playing time? Would he? Would he? Would there be a place for him on that team? When you talk about Sporting Kansas City having the best, arguably the best center back tandem in the league, and you know he's come in there. Uh, you got to give Vermees, Peter Vermees credit. You know he, he does a lot of rotating of lineups, and you know Aurelian Colin, you know, had, missed the match, and uh, and then he steps in. Uh, Ike Park steps in and plays well. And Matt Beesler, you, you know, as a U.S. fan, as U.S. national teams fans, should be very happy to see Matt Beesler uh, back after, you know, missing some games with an injury. Uh, he's someone who I definitely think could be starting in some key qualifiers in June. And, uh, you know, that, you know, from a stamp, you know, looking every <laughs> the KC fans are not going to be happy with, with with the result itself. But, you know, there's still some positives to, to take away from that game. And Ivis uh, for DC United, as, as I said before, I mean first first point in uh, in over two months. Did you see anything uh, different out of their performance today? I mean, they did score two goals in this game, if you count the own goal. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what, Ethan White, man, he's uh, he's deadly. You can't uh, you can't stop him. Um, it, it was interesting. Ben Olsen is definitely trying to shake things up, give give different players a chance. Uh, kind of look like a University of Maryland an alumni game in there when he, uh, you know, you give the rookie Taylor Kemp his first start, you give Ethan White a start, Casey Townsend a start. Um, you know, they, I don't know, man. I, I mean, it, positives. Nick DeLeon, you know, he showed some good things. Uh, you know, he obviously the injury, he, he's had the injury bug really kind of uh, put a damper on his sophomore campaign. Um, but still, you know, they, like the attacks not quite. Just I don't know. I don't see it. And then you have Carlos Ruiz, who you know he, he he came in for like a minute at the end of the game, right? So he hasn't been playing much, and he decides after this game, you know what? I've had enough. I'm just letting it be known. I want out. So so he basically you know put it out there. Uh, he was quoted as saying, "It's time for him to make a move." And uh, you know I joked on Twitter that you know teams are lining up to yawn about that because I don't know how much interest there is in him <laughs> at this point. Yeah, right. I, I'm not going to quit my day job as a, as, a, as a you know comedian, but uh, they're they're a mess, man. They are a mess, and um, 
they should have lost this game. They should have lost this, this game. And, and you know what? You got to. I mean, Ben Olsen's trying. You know, he's trying to shake things up. He's trying to work with what he has. But it's so clear. It's clear as day that they, as a as a roster, it's not good enough. You know what? He just doesn't have the players uh, to get it done. And uh, you know, the, here we are. What are we in mid-May? It's you know they they still got a, several weeks before reinforcements can come, assuming any come. Well, do you think so, they uh, have any chance, or are we? Nah, looking, you know are, are we already looking I, at the 2014 MLS? I, you know what? First, first I know pick. they don't want to think about it because it's only May, and and in an MLS things can turn around pretty quickly. But I just don't see signs to lead me to believe that they're going to turn things around. I just do not see it. I said, you know what? You'll you'll get a kick out of this. So the other, so two days ago, uh, I'm just I'm just going through the old old uh, episodes of the SBI show, and I, I stumbled on the Eastern Conference preview, and uh, you know, so I listened to DC because I knew I didn't. I know I knew that a lot of DC fans took issue with my stance on DC coming into the year. So I and I listened to it. You know, I listened to what I said then, and what I said then was that I just didn't think they did enough to to improve the roster. I feel like they stood pat, and if anything, they lost. They 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 lost a bit because Andy Nahar got sold, while other teams got better, and and that's exactly how it's played out. They 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 you know, a lot of guys kind of came back down to earth, and 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 regressed, and there no new players stepped up. I mean, they Rafael the the young DP they got. I mean, where is he? What's he doing? You know, I know people got crazy when when he scored that great goal against Columbus, but he is MIA. He is not the guy. He's not the answer. Um, and there's just not much there to, to, to lead you to believe that anything's going to change. And, you know, it's unfortunate for someone like Ben Olsen, who, you know, he, he was a young coach, but he's you got to you got to give him the weapons to, to get the job done. And then think about this. Right. When you talk about young coaches and you compare some of the other him and the other other coaches, look at look at a Mike Petke. Right. Mike Petke was given a team with some some quality to work with. You know, the, the front office there went and got Hamas Olave. They went and got, you know, a spindle. Um, they traded for Heath Pierce last year, but, you know, they, they did a good job in the offseason, I think, to, 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 you know, tinker with the roster, improve the roster. Uh, look at Portland and Caleb Porter, young coach, comes in, you know, Gavin Wilkinson, the GM, who gets so much flack from, from Timbers fans up there, uh, ha, you know, has gotten flack through the years. They, they did a good job in the offseason. They went and got Will Johnson. They went and got Ryan Johnson. Um, you know, both Michael Harrington, who, you know, they, they've done great. You know, they, they bolstered the rock, they bolstered their squad. So that's a That's an, those are examples of two young coaches being given, uh, uh, you know, having, you know, inheriting rosters that were revamped. And, and I, I feel like Ben Olsen, you know, he basically came into this year with a roster that, you know, they, you know, he was told, Hey, you know what? It was good enough last year. So here, just go back with the same with the same squad, and I just think that was completely the wrong way to go about it. And I know that that wasn't DC's plan because hey, you know they they went and got Raphael, they went and got James Riley, um, but the, I don't know, man. I just don't think they did enough. And and here here we are. There, the East is that much stronger on the up top. You know, it's that much stronger. Montreal, Casey, New York, Houston. That four is tough. And then you get the second tier, Philadelphia. Overachieving, looking really good, and then Columbus obviously has some quality. It's just, it's just, it's too much. I think I, you know what? It's May twentieth, and I'm calling it. DC season is over. Ooh, well, we have this on tape, so two months from now we can go back when people start giving you crap. Do you even know what tape is? 
No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's like such an old man thing. You're, that that the fact that you said tape shows just how old you are. What is that supposed to mean? Because there's no tape. They're doing this all digital. But uh, no, but yeah, put it down, folks. No, that's you know like what? no, no, that's like a classic expression. You say like we got I it on know, tape. Oh man, I'm just giving you crap. But listen, uh, and you know what? I, I'm not trying to pick on. The, I, you know what? I think it's great when DC does well, and it, it, you know, for the, it's great for the league because you know they have a real passion fan base. They have the history, the tradition that they have. You you want to see them do well, you know? Because I think I mean I would think we saw that last year in the playoffs. We saw the rejuvenation of that fan base, and and they've been through so much with with the you know the the chase for a stadium that's been futile for so long. Um, but I tell you what, man, things are not looking good there, and and I really I just don't see what I just do not see it turning around. Could could what what's the best case scenario for DC right now? The best case scenario would be uh, let's see. Chris not, not dead last. <laughs> well, no, look, look at the players, right? So you talk about Chris Pontius. Does Chris, you know, let's say Pontius returns to last year's form. Let's say Nick DeLeon finds his rookie of the year top end form. Let's say D Rosario finds his MVP form. If all those three things happen, yeah, you know, maybe they could start getting some better results. But even with that. I just don't know if they're good enough. I just don't know if from top to bottom, defense and offense, they're good enough to now recover from this absolutely horrible start to their year. I, I don't think they're going to be either. I mean, what do you put the chances at them going out and getting help in a couple weeks here? I think they're going to. I think they're going to go get some guys, right? Because they have to. Because they, they, you know, because if they don't, it looks really bad. And I think their ownership group is supposed to be pretty, uh, you know, pretty aggressive and. There was a lot of talk about that, about you know how, how the shakeup there and Kevin Payne leaving, and 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 they they were gonna be aggressive about going to get some big name players. So we'll see, you know. Uh, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Like unless they, short of DC getting Didier Drogba, and I'm not saying that's happening. I'm not saying there's rumblings. I'm just saying. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> short of them getting a Didier Drogba or someone of that caliber. I just don't see it, man. I just don't see them turning it around. Uh, they have, t- it's and the thing is, it's not like they don't have talent, okay? Because there, there have been worse teams in this in this league in the history of this league. There have been worse, you know, t- there just have been. Um, they have quality. They got, you know, the, the players we've already mentioned: Di Rosario, De Leon, Pontius, Perry Kitchen. Uh, you know, Bill Hamid when he's on his game, very good goalkeeper. But I don't know, man. They're 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 just, you know what? If you do a bad job of, uh, on the international market for years, there's just no way you're going to be able to have a good team in this league, a consistent team in this league, a deep team in this league. And th- and th- now they're kind of paying. I feel like they're paying a the price for that. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll be able to change things here in a couple of weeks, Ivis. Um, well, that's all all the games for this past weekend. I, I feel like we missed something. Is there anything that we missed from all the MLS action? Uh, let's see. I mean, there's there are a lot of little things here and there. I, I tell you one that comes to mind. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I was at the New York LA game in the rain, and uh, you know, one of the in, one of the interesting chants, one of the more surprising chants that you'll hear. Uh, the Red Bulls fans, uh, the Red Bull supporters, uh, threw at Landon Donovan. They called Landon Donovan a U.S. reject. They they dropped the. U.S. reject champ, and and here's here's my thing. I mean, I tweeted about it, and I said that's so bad, and and, and my point was not that. Oh, how dare you offend uh, the U.S. national team's all-time leading scorer? I just thought I don't know, man. I just how do you? I don't know. I just thought, I thought it was a reach, you know. 
I really thought it was a reach. There's so many different because other Because they'll cheer for him when he's on the U.S. team if he scores a goal. <laughs> oh, of course. See, getting, see and, the- and this is – sorry, this is, this is a random tangent. This is the other thing I've, I find so stupid about the racism issue also going on in Europe is that, like, for instance, Balotelli plays for AC Milan, and yet all these people, you know, do, like, racist things against them. But if he's on the Italian national team, of course they're going to cheer for him. It, like, it, yeah, stuff like that though, boggles not, my mind. I don't know if that's a good analogy, man, because I, I, I know some – I know some Italian national team fans. I know, I, you know, so I know there's some Italians that I know. If they don't like you, they don't like you. And it doesn't matter if you're on a national team or not. Balotelli is that kind of guy. Balotelli is a guy. I mean, I, I, I somewhat like there, one Italian, one that comes to mind for me, one Italian national team fan, a friend of mine who it was an older gentleman, uh, you know, he, even when Balotelli was scoring in the, in the Euros, he he what he didn't like about it's you know what it, so I don't know if that's the best analogy but I this Landon Donovan thing though there is I guarantee you that there were people who were chanting uh, U.S. reject who were some of the same people who were on message boards on SBI complaining about him not getting called in by by Jurgen Klinsmann absolutely and but listen but but back to my point though um it's U.S. fans can chant what they want right I mean at the end of the day you're trying to get into the head. Of, of of players you know you're trying to you know mess with them and and the like and you know what from that standpoint maybe you can understand why they would do that because you know maybe they think it's a touchy subject it'll get in an under under landing donovan's skin i just thought it was weird to to call him of all people u.s reject it just doesn't work right i mean it what's landing donovan gonna say to that exactly you know what i mean like i think there were so many there was so much more opportunity to be clever there and and and, like the one that came to mind for me like i I thought like if i was going to come up with a chant my chant would have been jurgen lost your number you know something like that right i mean then you get then you're gonna you you can mess with them but then it's a little more clever how come you didn't go to the sporter section tell them that i tweeted it man i tweet i tweeted but i tweeted a few different ones Uh, i think i think i think go back to cambodia was another one (laughs) Uh, but you know what? None of them picked up, and you know it was so funny though, man. The reaction on Twitter, man. I got a lot of venom uh, from some, uh, you know, actually from some supporters groups that were kind of like, you know, I-, I think people just took it uh, took it the wrong way. You know, I-, I-, I by no means was I saying how dare you uh, chant against Landon Donovan. Like, please, folks. Like, any anyone who listens to this show knows my stance on, on his whole situation and him being left off the national team. Like, no, like I am by no means the Landon Donovan defender. I mean, that's ridiculous. Um, but I just, I just thought it was, I just thought it was cheesy, you know, like it's one thing if it's someone who, who, you know, they're Brian Ching, someone who, you know, did, didn't quite latch on to the U S national team, you know, at the time when he, he was struggling to get on the team, that's different. You know, that the Landon Donovan is the all time leading scorer in the national team history the guy's a World Cup hero. It doesn't fit. It's just it, – it, I thought – I didn't – you know, I just didn't get it. I, did, I thought it was – I mean, I know why they did it, but it was just kind of like, really, guys? Really? Like, no. Nah, like, try to be a little more original. That well, was my whole well, point. Well, Donovan didn't score in the game, so, you know, it could have affected him, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Wait, well, yeah, you're right. No, you didn't. You didn't. Yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah, you know maybe, what? Maybe that's what I stand corrected. Yeah. Clearly, the chant broke him down. Clearly. No, but look, hey, hey. I am by no means saying, you know, trying to tell people what they should or shouldn't do. I just thought, I, my own opinion, I thought it was cheesy. I thought I didn't think it was. I thought there was definitely more 
there was opportunity to be a little more creative than than, than that, and I just didn't think I, I didn't think it worked. I didn't think it worked. That's it. That's it. Everyone can get right back. Everyone can get back to what they're doing. Everyone can get back to creating chance. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I was. That's yeah. I, I don't. I'm with you, Ivis. I find it just a little confusing. Um, well, that wraps up the show today, man. Uh, like I said, is there? Is I think we covered everything, right? All the big stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know what it was? I think it's the fact that the last show was so long. This show feels super short by compare by comparison. Um, I, I think if we, if we if we could touch on anything real quick, uh, you know, w- the last show we did was before uh, Jurgen Klinsmann stepped forward mm-hmm. and uh, gave gave some explanations. He spoke on Friday afternoon. Uh, he did a conference call uh, Q and A, and and you know he addressed some of the issues on the U.S. team um, as far as his selection process. And and uh, I know I know there were definitely some questions about that roster when it came out, and he, he made it clear. You know, you know, he talked about Michael Parkhurst and why he came in, and basically it's because Terundolo and and Tim Chandler are hurt. Uh, he talked about Carlos Bogdanegra and basically said, look, you know, he's no longer. You know, as of right now, he is—he's the odd man out. You know, there's, there there are four center backs ahead of him in the U.S. pecking order. When you talk about Gonzalez, Beesler, Goodson, and Jeff Cameron, um, so you know, he he gave some insight into those. He talked about Stuart Holden and what he likes from him, and why he kind of sees him as someone that that's worth what they're putting in into him. And uh, I, I tell you what, it's, it's something that I thought was interesting. He, you know, he was talking about Holden. And he was kind of breaking down what, how he is as a player and how he's really good at keeping things simple, how he really tries, how he does a good job of reading the game. And then he threw a little dig in there. And I don't, I don't I'm not saying it was directed at anyone specifically, but he was, he, he talked about Holden and he said, you know what? He's not that player who's going to be trying all the flashy dribbling and, and, and kind of, you know, losing possession and doing that stuff. So it, it, I couldn't help but think of Freddie Adu. When he said it, and and you know, obviously Freddie Du's still trying to work things out. He, um, he, he, you know, he struggled in Philly. He, you know, he didn't didn't really settle in there. But he's been MIA from the national team since the Gold Cup, since his you know his kind of breakout performance at the Gold Cup. But uh, that 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 little comment, that little kind of throwaway comment from Klinsman, definitely made me think. Man, is he talking about Freddie Du there? Is that is that how he sees Freddie Du? Is maybe someone who's a little too much of a flashy? You know, look at me. I'm gonna dribble by everybody, kind of player, and maybe that's just not the kind of player he likes. Uh, but it's interesting, man. I tell you, Freddie Adu, uh, he's at Bahia in, in, in Brazil. They've had, they've already had three, uh, two coaching changes. They're gonna, they're, 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 I think they, they've brought back an assistant who was involved in bringing Freddie Adu. So that's actually good for him. And now he played 30 minutes this weekend, and uh, you know, from from all accounts, he he looked really good. So, I I tell you what, man. If if, if oh my gosh, I, I'm just gonna say it. If he put if he puts a nice run together, let's say he starts starting for Bahia, he starts playing well in Brazil. Does Jurgen Klinsmann consider him? And I, I I tell you what, I don't know if he does. I don't know if he does. He might end up in in whatever that kind of limbo that Eric Lehigh's in. You know, Eric Lehigh again, someone who I think. Like, what's it gonna take for this guy for Jurgen Klinsmann to take a look at this guy? But, you know, that's something for people to keep an eye on. I'd say keep an eye on, on the Freddie Adu situation. Um, I think we were like eight shows without a Freddie Adu mention. We had to reset that counter right there. 
I didn't. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I didn't. I didn't realize there was a there was a, a Freddie Adu count. Oh, uh, well, Ivis. Uh, we're, we're probably gonna have Freddie Adu on pretty soon. Now I tell you what. Uh, once he gets once he gets going, and if he starts to play regularly, I, I can guarantee we will have Freddie Adu on the show. And I think Freddie Adu is perhaps the first American to play in the Brazil League. Is he? That's the that's the consensus. But you know, it's always tricky with those things about because you never know. Uh, as far as Amer- as far as American players with U.S. national team appearances, mm-hmm. yes, I believe so. Hmm. Okay, we'll be interesting to get his take on Brazil too as we as we talk to him. Well, Ivis, that wraps up the show today. You have a, a great week. We'll be back on Friday. All right, man. You too, and uh, we'll see what we can dig up as far as guests. I think we're going to try to uh, you know this is our second straight show without a guest. I know some people like the show with guests and some like it without guests. Hopefully we can kind of get into a, a routine where we have like one one show with a guest and then one show without a guest. Oh, well, maybe that'll be Friday's show with a guest. There we go. Hopefully, yes. All right, well, that wraps it up. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to the show today. You uh, can subscribe to us as always on iTunes and give us a great review if you'd like. Have a great week. Ivis and I will be back again on Friday. This is the SBI Show. <laughs>